Chapter 29 Do We Really Believe in God's Fatherhood? After all this time, it may seem ludicrous to you that I would ask such a question. Do we believe in God's fatherhood? But the question is, do we really believe in God's fatherhood? We've got to find out. To grasp God's fatherhood in a dynamic way that will change a former acquaintance with him into a knowing of intimacy, we first have to discover whether we really believe what we say about him. Most of what we might call the attributes of God's fatherhood are familiar to most of us. Given 60 seconds, we could each list 15 or 20. We possess a ready-made informational composite we could recite as quickly as the multiplication table. We know these things because they have been emphasized in our Sunday school classes and Bible studies, and we've heard them from the pulpit. But do we know how to live in the reality of that fatherhood? It is infinitely better to apprehend one truth of God's being, a full truth, a live truth, and apprehend it to its core, and then live in the reality of that discovery, than to know 10,000 facts about God and not live in them. In the spiritual realm, gathering intellectual information is a pointless exercise. If this inner journey means anything for you, I pray it means you have been helped to live in what you know, whether that be one truth or the entire scope of fatherhood. It is a process of discovery no one can carry out for you. It is personal and internal. Even Jesus had to go through it. What was he doing in the temple at age 12? He had embarked on the quest to know his father. How did he spend the years between 12 and 30? Sometime during that period, his earthly father, Joseph, died. There was clearly great love between them. Can you not imagine Jesus wrestling through his relationship with his father in heaven alongside his life with Joseph? Jesus didn't merely float onto the scene in the first chapter of Mark out of a 30-year vacuum. He was a living, breathing, thinking, feeling human being. What did his temptation in the wilderness entail? Jesus was probing the limits of his Father's goodness and trustworthiness. He had to know his Father. Anything less than full conviction that his father was good and could be utterly trusted, and Jesus might have turned back and returned to the safety of Galilee when the moment of ultimate trial came in Gethsemane. He had to go through the process of discovery and then take that personal, intimate knowing of the father and live by it and die by it all the way to the end, to finality. Jesus had to travel the uncertain paths to the mountaintops of fatherhood too. 
He is our example. Jesus followed every one of the attributes of his Father to finality. At age 12, in his youth, after Joseph died, as he worked in the carpenter's shop providing for his family, in the desert battling Satan, in the garden, on the cross, in the tomb, in the very depths of hell itself, and on the first Easter morning. He knew his Father. That's how I want to know the Father of Jesus, too. It is to such a quest that I have dedicated my life. When I read those magnificent words in John 17, 20 through 26, I find myself swallowed up and taken inside that prayer. It moves me beyond description. As George MacDonald said, I am lost in the wonder of the thing. Jesus prayed for me. Can you imagine? He prayed that I would know his Father. I hunger with a longing I cannot describe to yield myself so fully to the purposes of God that he can indeed fulfill Jesus' words in my life. Oh, to be part of the answer to that mighty pouring out of love from the Son to the Father.